Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. My name is Miles Dawson. I am your host today. Thank you all very much for listening to us. Today, I'm very happy to welcome back Giorgio Nebbioni back to the podcast. Hello, Giorgio. Hello, Miles. Um, Giorgio, you've uh, you've been on our podcast quite a number of times. You've been quite the journey with us. Uh, you started off discussing blockchain, um, then you came on to talk about multi-cloud, and you're even on our uh, International Women's Day podcast as well. So you've been around. That's correct. That's correct. I'm a shapeshifter, you, you might say. You might say, and I'm I'm shapeshifting today to something new, new again. Absolutely. So actually, on that note, then why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're up to at the moment, at IDC? Yeah, pleasure, a pleasure, a pleasure to, for being here as well. So um, what we do in our team, um, which is the use case research and emerging technology research team in Europe, what we do is really we are um, tasked to be explorers. So what we we go out in the market. And we look to find ways in which technology, both emerging and traditional, is being actually used by buyers. Mm. So that's the main, the main activity that we carry out. So we map out the use cases for technology. Uh, and, um, and this is easier said than done. Mm. We assess how big the opportunity is around each of those use cases. So that's a, a big topic area for us. Uh, we also get increasing requests um, around research on how the buyer landscape is changing and how technology is being purchased and consumed by large IT buyers um, of different types. And, and I know we, we're going to talk a bit more about this today, but but that's a big, big focus area for us. So we are kind of ex- explorers in many, many areas. So they throw us in the wild, basically. Yeah? <laughs> Absolutely. So actually, yeah, that's that's why we're here today is to talk a little bit about the, uh, well, the CXO or, or the layer of decision-making uh, C-suite who drive technology innovation in the business. But um, as we know, it's not just the CIO anymore or... Well, I don't know. Or is it, Giorgio? I mean, what are we seeing at IDC at the moment? Like, who's controlling the IT decisions in the, in these companies these days? Wow, you go straight to the hard questions. Eh? Am I, <laughs> I, I like that. I like, I like that. it. It's hard hitting. Uh, straight <laughs> to the point. So, uh, um, we believe there is certainly a trend uh, and, and a, a shift um, towards complexity in the IT buying process. Um, this is something that we uh, that we see and we can measure. Um, uh, it isn't as, it's not as easy uh, to s- just follow the money, though. Mm-hmm. We, we believe that control can be measured in, in one plus three ways. So the way you control technology um, decisions in a company, there are one plus three ways you can control it, actually. And if you look at the three ways, so you start from the bottom almost, um, there's budget. So you almost look at uh, how much power from a spending standpoint sits with which persona. Um and we say that by next year in Europe, more than half of the technology spending will sit in pockets that are not the CIOs. So that number is already t- tells you something. Our budget is a trailing indicator, and we, we'll get to that in, in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the second big factor where you can, uh, you can measure influence is usage. So you would almost look at how practitioners in different business units are using the technology. And the more users you have for a specific set of techs, the more uh, influence you carry on how the technology is purchased and deployed. The third step is deploy or, uh, or operate. Right? And increasingly we see, you know, typically that's where IT and the CIO office um, uh, kind of sits. Um, increasingly we see uh, some friction and some movement in that, in that space too for some of the newer, easy to consume technologies, particularly from the cloud side. 
that are coming to, to bear. Um, so these are the, the plus three. The one that no one is talking about, which we believe is actually the one uh, you as a buyer, decision maker should start with, is the one, is the definition of the use cases for that technology. And in fact, we see that uh, personas that can define the use case, the business uh, objective for, for use of a specific technology, they then tend to almost naturally uh, get more influence and more control on the other three factors that I was describing. Mm. So that's, uh, and that's why we focus in our research really on understanding how the use case journey happens and how different buyer uh, personas are, are impacting that. Yeah, so I know that as I talk about this, it, it can uh, all sound quite abstract. Right? So I'm going to give you a couple of examples to make it um, more tangible. Absolutely. So the first example is the head of operation. So this is a persona sitting in the COO suite. Mm -hmm. um, this is a manufacturing company in Germany, a global company. What this person was going after, he was trying to transform his uh, production sites towards a smart factory environment. And really his idea was to create automated ways to move wares from one warehouse to the next in a, in a manufacturing campus. And so that was his use case. And as he set off doing that, he actually engaged directly with telco operators and IT providers for 5G and edge technology. And in fact, he has built a roadmap towards those technologies himself. He had some level of interaction with the CIO on the cloud service um, uh, integration side, but really he has been driving the decision. He has been paying for that technology, 5G, edge computing himself. And, and so that gives you an example of how uh, a C-suite person outside CIO actually drives technology invest. And in, this, in this way, there was some coordination. There are some examples where we see no coordination at all. And that's a big risk. Yeah. That's a big risk that you can imagine, right? Because mm -hmm. you think about, example, in, uh, in Switzerland, financial sector company, uh, wealth management uh, provider, uh, the team, the BU that looks after the contract management realized that the process was very manual and they wanted to automate and digitize that. So a couple of years ago, the head of that department decided that uh, she was going to look for blockchain as a potential solution. She read about it. She went out, contracted an external provider, run POCs, and all of this without any interaction with the IT department. To the point that when it came to putting this to production, um, there were challenges. Uh, clearly, and, and and scalability can become a big a big challenge. So defining the use case in many instances it's what allows you to drive the budgets and drive in many cases also the implementation of that technology, as you can see. And things can go well or can go can go poorly, <laughs> effectively. So so not just the use cases though. Do you think this is heavily influenced by the type of industry? Do you, are you seeing certain industries that are you that are doing this a lot more than other ones? Yeah, it's a very good question. There are there is an industry angle for sure. Um, there is a, the way we look at use cases is you look at them. There are some vertical specific use cases. So the ones I I've talked about, for example, for a smart factory environment or a remote asset management for a production site. This is very specific to physical value chain industries. However, there are some use cases. If you think about HR, for example. Talent retention, right? So we all here are great talents. The HR is trying to keep us in the company. 
And this is true across industries, right? So that specific use case is driven by the CHRO and increasingly tackled with technologies like software as a service, uh, augmented AI capabilities. And this is an horizontal use case in the sense that any HR lead in, in any business or any industry um, should be doing that, most likely. Should we say then the line of business are taking over? Is that kind of the uh, the future? or Because um, I remember we were talking about this when I, when I first joined IDC about five years ago. So have things changed or have they just not progressed as much as we were expecting? Yeah, uh, there are a couple of a- angles to that. And one angle is that always as an industry and an analyst as well, as you know, know us as well, uh, we get ahead of ourselves sometimes a little bit, <laughs> right? So we almost project immediately uh, things that are going to take time. Uh, before they actually materialize, right? And and some of that is was true for this discussion. It is true that we've been predicting, as IDC, that that shift towards uh, business unit leaders controlling or influencing budgets. Uh, we we talk about this for for several years. Uh, now it has become true in the sense that um, there are multiple aspects where this is true in terms of numbers, in terms of uh, conversations we we see. But also the conversation has shifted in, in two different ways. And that's why this topic is now crucial for buyers to get right. The first uh, discussion point is around the, um, the pressure that CEO bring on top of the, of the C-suite table. So as you know, digital transformation is the trigger for all of this use case uh, malarkey, as you can call it. And, uh, and so the pressure on CEO to deliver on digital transformation is now increased dramatically. Only less than 20% of European companies that have invested in digital are actually making more money because of it, which means CEO is under pressure, and which means that he puts or she puts the C-suite under massive pressure to get these use cases done and work together on the use cases, which is new. The other thing that's new is that when we talked about this five years ago, it was really primarily around SaaS. It was cloud vendors coming in with applications and selling them to you as a sales person or, or a marketing person. And now that's still true, but increasingly emerging technologies go deeper in the stack. They are being leveraged and used and they create all of a sudden a different level of, of complexity in, in those discussions, right? So. The big risk that we see now, because the, the conversation has evolved so fast, is that this becomes a tug of war. Mm. So really, these different C-suite personas start pulling. I know, have you ever played tug of war when, oh, you, were, yes. when you were a kid? Yeah. <laughs> were you good at, at that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, used to, I, I, I was usually on the winning team. Yeah, because yeah. I was always on the losing team. Actually, people <laughs> never, never picked me because I was too skimpy, right? And they said, look, uh, yeah, you're not going to make a difference, right? And I was like, okay, I'm going to accept that. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so the, the idea is that you pull this rope, right? And you, and in many cases, you see these different C-suite personas pulling use cases towards themselves to, get, to gain influence in the C-suite. We think this is not the right approach um, because you'll end up uh, hurting the company overall or the organization overall. So we suggest is actually to have a tag of value approach, which is it's kind of relaxed a little bit. As a CIO or as a, or as a business unit leader, you should become aware of when and, and where other business unit leaders are struggling to come up with use cases, mm-hmm. in which case you kind of feed them some ideas. Um, in other cases, you will see them already very well established, and in which case you almost take a step back and help them. 
So it's, it's almost like this wavy movement, this kind of groove that you have to get into as a C-suite to make it work for the company as a whole. And, um, and that's new. And we see successful companies have got this rhythm almost uh, naturally. Most of them don't think about it this way, but they got it naturally. And um, example is the CIO of a hospital in Spain. He looks at all the BU leads, which is the surgeons, it's the patient care, and he looks at them. And when he sees that those BU leads are not coming up with the use cases, he does it himself. When he sees them already advanced, he kind of takes a step back and uh, receive and accept and supports. And that wave is what makes the difference, we think. Interesting. I mean, I'm, when I think about my own my own job and sort of in the previous years, I remember a previous company I worked with, um, Salesforce wasn't owned by IT, you know, because obviously I'm a sales guy. Most of you know, almost all the time, I'm going to be using Salesforce or a similar CRM. But it was it was purchased and managed by the sales team. So, like the the, the chief sales officer kind of purchased Salesforce and used it. But that led to a situation um, where the marketing team weren't having access to it because it was siloed. It was kind of like the sales team bought this piece of software and they were using it, and the marketing team wanted to get access to it and they had to negotiate into it, and it became a bit of a bit of a thing a bit of a sticking point um and so that's an example of what you were saying the tug of war because they're like no this is my piece of software this is my use case which is crm for sales and then the marketing team were like but we can utilize that as well and luckily they got past it and they got access to it and all of a sudden it became a wider used piece of software that everyone could kind of feed into but it's interesting because that's an example right because that went from the t- that tug of war to uh, the the everyone accepting that they could get value out of something that was uh, that was a siloed piece of software. Yeah, a tag of value. It became a tag of value in that case. Exactly. And, and who was the kind of the, the enabler or the orchestrator for that? Did uh, well, it was the, it, the, in the end, actually, it was the CIO who kind of said, you do stop fighting. <laughs> there you, <laughs> you go. Know, like, you know, let's, let's work together on this because you can both use it. And everyone, you know, it all worked out fine in the end. But the other one I was thinking about is a lot of my clients... Um, are RPA vendors, so robotic process automation vendors. And I talked to them about who they sell to. Mm. And they almost never sell to IT, you know, because the people with the use cases who need to solve the problems that something like robotic process automation can solve tend to be line of business. They tend to be finance. They tend to be HR. People who have manual processes they need to automate. So it's it's interesting. You know, I see this a lot in the discussions I have with clients. That's quite interesting. I, my bet is that on RPA, it's that specifically, but in some of those technologies, you actually, this would be a, a window for the CIO to kind of become the efficiency maker if mm. she is uh, smart enough to, to, to see that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but working with the other BUs, for sure. Definitely. For sure. But yeah, that uh, sounds quite like a quite, um, quite interesting experiences yeah. <laughs> you've had on your on your. On your front miles so that's nice um i suppose the last question Giorgio, is uh, do you have any recommendations for our listeners yeah that's there's many things that that um decision makers in the c-suite should look at when they uh, engage in technology now clearly technology as, as we just you know experience now it's 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 middle of the table right every time there's a c-suite discussion there should be a technology piece in it so the first recommendation is uh chill out <laughs> Chill out, guys. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you don't need to uh, own everything. You need to push the boundaries in your company whenever you see that other departments or the CIO or the IT are not uh, thinking about the use case for the business. So then you, then you should engage. 
but also don't uh, don't try to own things. So don't don't make it a tug of war. So that's the first big recommendation. The second one is that um, we see that in uh, business unit leads that are very successful in driving transformation, what they've actually done is they've created structures within their teams on how they can work with IT. This is particularly true for larger companies, but people have really dedicated people. So say the HR department of a large um, tech provider that I talked to, they actually dedicated 10 people in their HR team globally to be almost the IT spokesperson. So they go and have regular conversations with IT and then feedback what they need and get the, the input from IT from what they can do. And so keep so structures will change. Structure will change. And um, both coming from the BU leads and also coming from the CIO side, uh, as uh, you see uh, roles such as the uh, business analyst. So there's, there's many CIOs that are implementing almost like uh, product managers that are, are business uh, embedded and then report back to IT what the use cases are and how IT can help. There are roles, new roles being created around scouts. Uh, and so there's a lot of new things. But but in, in summary, you knew you should make it a tag of value. You should start and frame all of your conversation in the board uh, and in the C-suite around use cases and make it really um, this wave emotion of, you know, push and, and, and pull and, and let loose sometimes because, uh, you know, we all work together for the single same goal. Mm-hmm. Well, Giorgio, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you very much for coming on and talking to us today. And thank you all very much for listening. Uh, please do get in touch if you'd like to offer your comments. Um, Giorgio, you've written a blog about this. Um, so we've included the link to the blog in the description of the podcast. So please check on that. We're also starting a new research stream looking into CXOs. So please keep an eye out for what's going on there. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube. We're on everything. Look us up, IDC Emir. And uh, of course, please do hit that subscribe button. We'd love to um, be on your device or on your PC or wherever you like to listen to podcasts, be it SoundCloud, Spotify or whatever your podcast app is. Thank you all very much and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.